It's a great day to be a Grizzly. Welcome back, Grizzly fans, Beyond the Glory podcast. Back to its regularly scheduled program. We'll try to feed this to you once a week with special guests, coaches, student-athletes throughout the course of the spring semester. I'm Matt Mahoney, your host here. Glad to have everybody back. And then we want to say hello to our first-time listeners as well who may be just getting adapting to yeah. the spring sports season. This is Ned Colgrove. Ned, how are you doing? Doing well, Matt. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm all things considered. I'm, I'm not freezing. I mean, it's January. <laughs> We're playing baseball. I'm not cold, Ned. I'm okay. Well, it's the it's your it's your uh, camera crew that's got to really you know you're up there. It's 72 and sunny in the press box every weekend. So, uh, but getting out there, yeah, it's a long way from your office. I get it. I get it. <laughs> long trek out there. Be sure to but you like that opening week weather. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, be sure, fans, to like, share, and subscribe. Give us a review on iTunes as well. Uh, this is Beyond the Glory podcast presented by the Grizzly Digital Network. And Ned, opening weekend in the books, number 12 GGC beats Missouri Baptist not once, not twice, but in a three-game sweep. Three-game sweep to kick it off. I mean, let's just, you know, it's a good start. I was going to say let's just end it right there, but uh, <laughs> great start for the team. And – you know, you can really tell some of the things that that they've been talking about. You know, it's a team that that you can tell early on is going to try and fight and learn how to learn how to win, different ways to win, and that's a good opponent they played. And I heard a lot of folks making comments just about how strong um, that that team was that we just faced, and great for the Grizzlies to get off to a great start like that. What'd you think, Matt? I I, uh, I want to try my best not to overreact. Okay, because everything you just said is 100% right. We're not going to go undefeated. We're not going to be the number one overall seed. We're not going to win the national championship in January. Okay, so I just don't overreact. No one ever has. But the three games that I saw the Grizzlies play, in conjunction with the 26 games that the Grizzlies are going to play against ranked opponents this season, it's going to make for a fun year. Mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about Grizzlies were down in the first game, Mm -hmm. get a, a, excuse me, or. One run ball game to get a two run bomb by C.J. Ballard, win by a run. You've got another two run ball game the next game, ten to eight with a lot of offense, and then a come from behind victory on Saturday in the finale. This is going to be a very very fun season to watch this Brad Strombell team play. I'm looking forward to it. And coach has built his schedule against teams that they would see later. You know that's that's important, right? Um, Are you reading my notes again? Well, you know, this go, is, go ahead. What else you got? No, I was going to say on the back <laughs> side of this. I, I think because of this schedule and because of the way this team is built, we're not going to have to rely on a three-run home run. We may or may not have a dominant number one, maybe one of the deepest pitching staffs we have. And so I think you're going to get guys in situations in games where they're going to grow right in front of your eyes. And I'm going to say I'll overreact to this. I'll th- I will say going into May. This will be the most prepared team to sure. win an opening Despite round. whatever our record would be. Correct. Yeah. We, we may not win 40 games. We may not win 45. I don't know if we'll be a one seed. I don't know if this is up to the players to figure all that right, stuff exactly. out. Exactly. But when that opening round starts, wherever we may be, wherever may, I think this will be the most prepared team for an opening round Coach Strombell has ever had because of the schedule and because of the way this team is built. That's probably fair. I'm looking forward to well, it. Well, and hey, you know what? It's here. The season's here. Sport that you love, and yep. and not that you know we're not into all of them here, but uh, and for the fans, awesome crowds that we had out there, great you know viewership. I know certainly on the broadcast. Yep. Come on out, soak it up. It's here. Uh, beautiful. The team and the I mean they've got the field looking yeah. incredible uh, for you know the end of January. So come on out, enjoy us. Uh, you know, join us out here and enjoy some action. Uh, but it's here. Looking forward to the sixth season of GGC Baseball underneath the direction of the 
one and only coach in our baseball program, mm-hmm. brief history, and Brad Stromdahl. And I had the distinguished, uh, the, the the pleasure sure. of of chatting with the Coach Stromdahl on this week's podcast. All right. You want to you want to take a guess? What's his what's his record as a head coach? Oh, what is his record as a as a he- well? I was going to say anywhere, Does, but it's here. Yeah, 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 as a head coach. Care yeah. the two. Yeah, it's 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 a strong record. Two thirty-three. This is as of this moment. Two thirty-three and seventy-nine. Uh, so you had Coach Stromdahl on the podcast. You know, of all the people in the building and all the people in the department, I can't wait to hear you guys just just talk about life. The man of many faces, Brad Stromdahl, and I got together at a very crucial point in the season, literally right before opening day. It's a tradition unlike any other. (laughs) And uh, Coach Stromdahl and I sat down and had some fun. Can't wait. So here it is. Without further ado, head baseball coach Brad Stromdahl on Beyond the Glory. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at a very... Hidden location, deep, deep, deep in the underbelly of Grizzly Athletics, and I'm joined by a very distinguished guest. Well, you're distinguished now. We don't know if we're going to be distinguished later, right? That's true. We're not sure. Head baseball coach, Brad Stromdahl. Coach, where are we at right now, and what are we doing? Well, we're in the staff locker room, and it was uh, an idea put forth by the uh, podcast president to watch me shave and uh, to record the, the existence of the beard and then the taking of it off. Okay, first thing first is, um, let's put things in context. First of all, I need a picture. Smile, smile pretty for everybody. Here we go, oh, no glasses. We're gonna get a picture, okay. That'll be thumbnail number one. Okay, all right, and then we'll do a before and after. So you grow a beard in the off season, essentially. Talk, why, why do this and then why shave for the season? What's the philosophy behind it? There really isn't a whole lot of philosophy behind it. Um, you know, I can I can actually grow a decent beard. And yeah. so I think that by being able to grow a decent beard, I'm actually supporting those who can't. So I've been to a lot of places where guys, you know, just, man, I love your beard. And then there's something about when you walk around and, like, people stare at you. And it's – but it's a good feeling, I think, for the most part that they're staring at you because it's – most people that I stare at with a beard, I have a warm feeling towards. And so I'd like to think that people staring at me have a warm feeling towards me because of the beard. Not because of me, but because of the beard. And so that's, that's really why. And so, you know, my wife and I always go on vacation over Thanksgiving. And then basically it just turns into I just don't want to shave. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it, there is some method to the madness. It's just not pure laziness of not shaving because you, you keep it trimmed. You keep it clean during the year. It's not like it's a Duck Dynasty beard down to your belly. Correct. I've, I've done the Duck Dynasty before in the past. It, it just doesn't really work. But the reality is, is that, you know, like all the big leaguers, you know, that we watch on TV and some of my friends, you know, they have the guy that does the, you know, $150 cool trim, you know, yeah. goes from really skinny to really thick. And, um, you know, it looks really, really cool. Um, I try to do that, but it doesn't really work out that way. So really, I just kind of trim it the same length all the way around. So as you can see, this is not my realm of expertise. I mean, I've been working on a beard for about 10 years now, and it's just not coming through very well, as you can see. Yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> so what are our supplies here? Is, is there, is there, you've done this before, so are we just lopping it all off with a razor? What's the, uh, what's the thought process? Well, I mean, we got a, uh, we got a, a uh, you know, that thing. <laughs> it's kind of old, doesn't want to shut off. Um, <laughs> 
So really, it's really pretty simple. You do, you just shave this, you shave the beard part off, and then you lather it up with some, uh, you know, some uh, sensitive skin shaving cream. Barbersol. Yeah, and then you, uh, you know, you shave it. But, you know, as you're shaving it off, you actually kind of cool, do cool uh, designs and cool things in your face because you oh, never go let's back. Let's do it. Let's do it. So what, what, uh, what does the uh, President's Council uh, recommend? What let's go. Of, let's dive into this. Well, all right. So we'll take you step by step. Just turn it on. So what do you want to do first? Let's. I mean, for sure, we'll just shave. Like we'll leave like the sideburns a little bit because I don't like it when it goes way up too high at all. I don't like it too high with my sideburns. I like my sideburns right about the half so you, like, half part of chopped. my. Ear. They call them chops, right? You're gonna well, chops, chops would be like this, okay. where where you would go half of your face and then mm -hmm. half lower. That that doesn't really work. But we could do that if you want to go chops. I want to do. Chops, and then I want to do I want to do the two face right down the middle, one side beard, no side beard. Okay, we could do that. You uh, know, and that usually is a recommendation from a guy who doesn't grow beards. Hundred percent. Because like that's just. <laughs> let's go. You want to go right here? Yeah, let's go. You want to go straight across there? Yep. Nice. So it's coming off in clumps pretty, as I would imagine. Oh, that's pretty tight around the ear. Do you need the glasses? Okay. We got to be able to see what we're doing. Can you talk and do this too? It's just, you know, it's kind of loud when it comes to the, the razor. You got to focus on things. Make sure you're not messing up your, your design that you're going to have for about 17 seconds. <laughs> so... All right, so let's let's get into it as as we're bonding here through beards. You've had so so I have a razor that I've been using for probably 15 years on doing this because I do grow a beard. You know, I didn't grow a beard actually the first couple of years with Dr. Wilson um, when I was here, um, but as we've grown to know each other, I've been able to expand my. Yeah, he's he's not a facial hair guy. No, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But sure. it's uh, you know I just didn't grow one, and so. Do you remember how old you were your first beard? Not like the first time you had to shave, but the first time you made a cognitive decision, I can grow a beard. I always knew I could, but I was always working up the ranks of, you know, being a GA or being a director of baseball operations. And I didn't want to, I, you know, back in, you know, I'm 40 now. And so, you know, 20 years ago, beards were kind of looked down upon like this, you know, it just wasn't there. But so they've, they've made this tremendous comeback, which right. is why I definitely want to support and represent the beard people of America. Absolutely. I love it. So we was, you were more established in your coaching career. So that way you could establish the beard. That pretty much is, that's a pretty good way of saying it. So take, take and me through also, your, I, I feel like I'm just like, we're in a good place. Like I can grow a beard. Society is changing a lot. And so with society changing, I think that it's, it's time to bring some things back that have been missing for a few years. So is it safe to say in your life you've become comfortable in your own skin to grow a beard now on a regular basis and in your coaching career? Is that accurate? Yeah, I still don't love it. Oh, no, it's very much accurate. I don't love being on the field with a big beard, though, yet. It's, it's just it's hot. I do think that you have to respect the game a little bit. Um, I'm okay with it trimmed, but, you know, like, you know, if I'm going to go big, I might as well go big. Right. Otherwise, go home. So... Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't like a big beard on the field. Now, if we're losing and I got to grow a beard, that's fine. If we're winning and I haven't shaved in a week, that's fine. That's one thing. It's, I'm not real superstitious, but it's superstitious enough to be, you know, you know, be able to grow one during the season. But I just don't need to start the season with a big, huge beard. And so that superstition, you may not be clinically superstition, but that superstition is definitely buried inside every single baseball player that's ever played the game, right? I think so. I mean, I don't know how you can go through baseball season and not be superstitious about some certain things. Now, you don't have to be crazy about it, but the reality is, is that there's things that happen that are, that, that are unnatural phenomenon. And you, they have to come up with something. It's either God or it's the baseball gods or, um, you know, somebody's watching over you. You know, a bullet line drive goes past your head three times in a row and doesn't hit you. You know, like, dodge the bullet. Absolutely. Right? If we make three errors in the last inning to go to the World <laughs> Series and we're 57 and four, right? Yeah, I mean, we did something wrong. That's, that is true. What, what did, is, is that the ultimate lesson you take away from, from coaching? Not necessarily there's a higher – higher power that controls wins and losses. But at the end of the day, you prepare your team and yourself as much as you can. But at the end of the day, you got to kind of let things play out as they do. Yeah, I definitely. And I, I think that uh, as you're letting them play out, you certainly have to understand that you're putting your team and everybody in the right position. But stuff happens, you know, you're driving down the road, you get sideswiped for no reason at all. It's just, you know, it's just what happens. And I believe that uh, if you take care of your business off the field, that uh, the business on the field will take care of itself. And this is part of the business. Where, that we we want to be clean shaven. We want to be ready to go for the start of the year. And by the way, the, we're, we're recording this the day before opening day, before we take on Missouri Baptist. And this is somewhat of a regular tradition. I mean, it comes off right before the season starts. Yeah, for the most part. And it usually doesn't come quite close to this season or come close to the day before. But usually it's it's the it's the first couple of weeks before the school, school starts. What you mentioned as, as a player being superstitious, what, what type of player were you? Can you remember back when you didn't have a beard and you were you were a student athlete uh, both in junior college and that, by the way, I want to bring light to Southwest Minnesota State. That is an actual Division II school that's actually pretty good at baseball, by the way. I feel like that's the like the, the token, oh, they played nobody. Yeah, you know, Purdue played Southwest Minnesota, Minnesota State last week. Now, that's a real school. Right, no, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, Paul Blanchard was my coach and, you know, playing, I was probably fat and really out of shape and should have been a way better player than I was. Um, you know, and that's what we try to just learn from our mistakes. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that I grew a beard in college. I, I'm pretty sure I was clean shaven. I did wear one red shirt, though, for about 25 games, 28 games in a row. Really nasty, but we ended up going to uh, the playoffs and won some championships. And so that was that was our thing is the red shirt. Describe your game. Were you what position did you play? Were you a gap to gap guy, a small ball kind of guy? Um, I tried to drop tanks, <laughs> <laughs> and it ended up being if the wind was blowing out, the tanks would drop, and if they weren't blowing out, they'd be caught. F eight. Um, yeah, yeah. But I was a, I was a pretty good catcher, and nobody really ran on us. And then. Um, you know, every now and then I would I would turn around and throw the ball from from the pitcher's mound to the the plate. But for the most part, I was the catcher, and I hit three four hole. And we had some good teams. We had some really good teams. That was back in ninety seven, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, we were rolling back then. Yeah, but no beers, but playing baseball all day long. That's right. For fun, we would actually go in Southwest Minnesota. We'd go uh, road hunting, and that's. Uh, 
pheasant hunting. Yeah, yeah. So you would go out in the, you know, southwest Minnesota, there's not a whole lot once you get outside the city limits. So we'd go out and um, you'd actually chase pheasants running in through the ditch. And it was, it was an interesting it was an interesting couple of years for my uh, yeah. for my upbringing. That's cool. Now you didn't grow up in in the Midwest. Where did you grow you up? Wanna, you want to keep shaving? Yeah, keep shaving. You're doing great. Yeah. You grew up in California, right? I did, and my dad used to have chops actually when I was growing up. So he grew. He he. Uh, my parents were hippies in Alaska. Oh. Yeah. So. What does that mean? Uh, hippies in Alaska. Uh, well, there's a lot of different things about that, but um, you know, they. My dad was in the war, and then he came back, and they. Got married, and I was actually born in Wisconsin, but that was after their, anyways, they, anyways. So what they did is they found this really cool valley after they realized that they wanted to kind of be hippies, but have a family hippies, family hippies thing going. So they uh, found this cool um, little area in Northern California um, back before it was probably known as Napa Valley. It was just called oh. Napa. So they bought this nice little spread, and my dad got a job at UC Berkeley. Um, and you know my mom was a nurse and she was a she took care of some people in napa valley who had really big houses and um it was it was was a fun little trip you you might have been too young but now do you appreciate where you were because i'm starting to learn you're a little bit of a wine connoisseur is it it maybe in your blood you may not experience it early but it's in your blood it sounds like well i don't know about if it's in my blood but um you know i went to i was fortunate to go to the uh, private catholic high school in napa it's called Mm. justin sienna high school and so you know when i was 16 i got the 1984 station wagon with no hubcaps and you know missing wheels and you know there no 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 it's actually an upgrade i got an upgrade from that it was just gray okay so i would drive that we live way out in the boonies in napa and so i drive about 20 miles um and and you know my friends would have maseratis and porsches but they're still there and they still have the maseratis and porsches <laughs> but they're actually way cooler now because yeah. i get to go out there and say hey listen um you know i'm coming to town and yeah. can i have some wine and they say sure let's go so it's fun you know because yeah. they're they're going up and actually see all of their bottles on the wall on the um you know in Publix and kroger yeah. so you're like okay well i know that guy and i know that girl and i know that family the, the family that makes the wine Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always try to support them. Yeah. Because they support me when I go back, so. It's nice. That's a good way to put it, supporting family businesses yeah, all the way from Lawrenceville, Georgia. Go, go ahead. You're doing great. We've got, yeah, go ahead. We, we've got the chops looking good, but now we're going to go right down. That, that what, what, I mean, if this was baseball terms, you're going right down the middle right now. This is fastball, 2-0 count, and this is just, we need a strike right down the middle. My kids love this one. My kids love this. So uh, the Hulk Hogan? No, yeah, the Hulk. Oh, this is the Hulk Hogan, isn't it? So it's yeah. the Hulk Hogan. It's the uh, it's the handlebar mustache. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's got some depth to it for sure, um, and that's what you're really looking for. If you know, if you want to go to a documentary, go to Netflix, watch Beards. That's it. That's the title of it, Beards. It's fantastic. It's men. It's actually, I think it's men with beards, oh. but they just follow around men and basically do the same thing as a podcast, but they have a video camera yeah. doing it at the same time. And so you can actually see the greatness of, of the handlebar mustache and what it means to be clean, what it means to be just, you know, full of life. Yeah. I mean, you can see how this makes you happy. Uh, I'm happy looking at it. Right. And so, that's, so, so when you say people look at you, it's not like out of disgust or shock or awe. It's like... That, I mean, that looks good. It's appealing, and people are interested in it. 
Right, because I think, you know, just like I said, it took me a long time to be able to get into my own skin. And I think that some people have the propensity to grow really wonderful beards, you know, like some have salt and pepper, you know, it just depends. Like mine's very blonde in the front Uh and it gets, you know, dark on the sides. You know, some people comes out white. Some people have black hair and comes out red. You just don't know what you got until you got it. Um, So I think just people need to get outside their skin and, you know, get into the beard Get into the beard mode a little bit more. You, you say that, and it's, it's starting to all make sense for me now because you, you like challenging your players in a different way. Like you, you like telling them, get out of your comfort zone, get out of, and, and find out what you're like in your own skin. Is it, am I way off in saying that? Because I've heard some stories. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I think it's important to, for you to find who you are as a human. And that's going to take you a lot further in life. You know, if you're a follower, just going through the motions and, you know, I mean, you show up at eight and check out at five. I mean, there's something to it and it's a beautiful thing. But I think that at least explore some other options as you're younger. And so that's what we try to challenge our guys. How, when did you, that's a great philosophy. How, how did, because you got to make a cognitive decision going from playing to coaching. What, what made you get into coaching and not do the nine to five punch in, punch out? Because that's a tough decision. Uh, well, it really wasn't for me. Um, I really didn't really want to work anymore. <laughs> and so what I did is I just simply tried to stay in baseball. And so it's actually a funny thing. Nobody knows this, and I'll tell you on the podcast because we'll probably have about 14 listeners. But, um, you know, especially at this point, I mean, we got to be about 20 minutes in. and people, They've all checked out. People have shut it down. <laughs> so... Uh, when I was at, at Southwest Minnesota State as a GA trying to get my first uh, degree. Um, so anyway, so I started and I thought to myself, well, you know what, if you have really good football team in Division One, mm-hmm. that means you should have money for baseball, which, you know, that makes sense, right? That doesn't, it's not, doesn't really work that way. But I emailed and I called every single coach. And I started the top 25 of college football. So I took the top 25 college football list and I called the baseball coach. And I said, hey, listen, I need players for my summer league. And hey, also, I'll just volunteer for you. Cool with that? So I said to myself, I'll just go to the highest ranked coach that says, yes, you can work for me for free. So, you know, because I ran a forklift and I've done construction. I've been, you know, I just figured I'd just put myself through school somehow. Um, and that's back when Division One had GAs and everything. So I knew like, if we could get in, he could get in. So, the highest one was Marshall in West Virginia. Yeah. At the time, I think they were ranked 18th. Byron Leftwich was there the year before me. Uh, no, he was there the year of me. Chad Pennington was there the year before. Um, There's some really good NFL guys that came through there. So I was like, man, this is the real deal. Uh, anyway, so they said, all right, it'll be a want, to, want to be our volunteer. And that's how I got into Division One when I was about 22, coming from a JUCO in Division Two, which is hard to get into Division One. But, you know, really the money's not there. So, I mean, and there's some stuff that, you know, I was fortunate enough to be on the RV parking lot uh-huh. crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, we would charge RVs to come in for football games. Well, that's how I got paid for the year. It was great. Um, I think that I'm sure they have since changed policy, but um, <laughs> at the time, I mean, it was it was beautiful. You just get some cash flow, and uh, that's how you paid for school and paid for work, and 
were able to coach baseball. And anyways, that morphed into another job and another job, and I was fortunate enough to be a lot of different places. And so, um, you know, fortunate enough to be here. That makes me super, super happy. I was going to ask that question because you're one of the cool uh, career stories that you were already living here locally in Atlanta when GGC just decided to have athletics. How did, how did you find out and when, when did you go, wow, that sounds like really cool. Like, What drew you to it? Well, I knew that GGC was, I knew that they had a school and I had, uh, you know, I was at Georgia State for six, seven and a half years. And I knew from about year five at Georgia State that Georgia Gwinnett was going to start athletics. I mean, at least it was a rumor on the streets, and you know how those are. They don't really ever open up. And so um, what I did was I got into my contact of uh, my crew uh, of people that you kind of know, your political crew, which is cool. And um, as they started to find out more about the athletics and that was actually happening, I kind of put the crew in motion. And so we found out who was in charge of hiring the AD. And, you know, I mean, you kind of know, you kind of don't know. You're just trying to figure out, you know, who to talk to and who to call. Because my wife and I had just had our first baby, Leo. And so we didn't really want to move. She had a good job. And I wanted to, uh, you know, become a head coach. Because going back to the other story, you want to, I wanted to be the youngest recruiting coordinator division one in the country, which I ended up being. And that was cool. And we went to a couple of regionals and, you know, my next step was to go ACC, SEC, which was cool too, but that was also be away from my family. And so we made a conscious decision to try to at least make an attempt at going to a smaller school so that we didn't have to move or at least we didn't have the time away from our family. So um, as it turns out, um, I knew a couple people that knew a couple people that figured yeah. some things out, and then we started pestering. And, you know, <laughs> Dr. Wilson, still, still to this day, says that he doesn't hire people that uh, pester him. Well, I pestered him, and I got hired. So, you know, the squeaky wheel gets fixed. Uh, but it was a lot of good people, and there was a lot of, you know, a lot of, again, it goes back to, like, the baseball gods and doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, you know, I thank him for hiring me, but, you know, just a lot of different things went into that process. Right time, right place, right person, yeah. right hire, right, you know, I mean, just it, it just kind of lined up where it was a perfect match for all of us. Do you remember the first time we met? I do. I actually do remember. It was in, tell me if I'm wrong, it was in the parking lot that we currently have. And I was on my way back from Columbus, Georgia, from broadcasting the NAI Softball World Series, I think. And you, it was, it seemed like it was a, a, a rotating carousel that at that moment, it was about the seventh guy of 10 that was throwing for you that you guys were trying to recruit. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it, I think I remember the name. Um, uh, I can see it. The, the, we went, he went to the World Series with us. No, no, no. Went to the World Series, the big guy, reliever. Massive dude. Oh, Spittler. Spittler. That's who it was. Jonathan Spittler. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that was good. Do you remember what I gave you on that day? I was mad about it, too. You gave me? I gave you something, yeah. Oh, no. inside and get you something. Oh, no. What was it? I had to get you a hat. I still have that hat. It's sitting in my closet. I've got, I've got a whole, I'm a hat, I love, I love hats. I've got a bunch of hats. And it's sitting on my hat rack in my closet right next to the, the Anaheim Angels hat and a green Atlanta Braves hat, if you can believe that. All I can think of is why does this joker want to steal a hat from me? 
makes no sense. Like, well, you don't, I don't, he doesn't need my hat. But I was like, okay, whatever. You know, you never know. So anyway, see, I, I've, uh, I have progressed into shading. So all the stubble. Uh, oh, it's looking clean. And I got a, uh, I got a little piece of blood coming out from my mustache area. That's what I was going to judge you on, because if I had done that, I'd be cut up all over the place. I'd have to go to the hospital. You know, I have definitely have sensitive skin right now, and so, um, you know, tonight I'll take a nice shower and I'll put some cream on it. But um, for the most part, I mean, you know, your skin is pretty resilient, and you don't really have any, it's not too bad. I don't go against the grain, though, right away. I know some, some guys, they, we used to have a director of operations at uh, Central Michigan. Mm -hmm. He would go against the grain oh. down from your chin to your chest. And it would, like, you could hear the stubble <laughs> ripping out of his chest. And he was from, like a weed, a weed trimmer. He was, from, uh, he was from Germany. So, like, I don't know. Maybe that's how they do it over there. But, like, I know they do some things differently in, in Europe. But, my goodness, <laughs> there's a 0% chance I could shave like he shaved. So I don't go crazy, you know, we just try to get it off and, um, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I feel better now. I feel refreshed. We're going to start over. Clean start to the year. But now I need a haircut. Yeah, we're all on that haircut train before the start of the season. Because all, all the guys on the team, will, they'll, they'll be looking fresh too for opening days, right? Everybody go get their, their beards trimmed and their haircut done? Well, you know, those guys nowadays, they get these tight fades going left and right, and then they get the line in the middle. I mean, back when I was in, you know, junior high, like we had the first Air Jordans and the second Air Jordans. I mean, like I was at the infancy part of the Jordan. Mm -hmm. Well, with that was also was the three lines in oh, your yeah. side, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you do a Z. See, I never got into that because I was just deathly afraid of what, why would I put three lines? But nowadays, I mean, guys will freaking put, you know, their girlfriend's face in the back of their head and all sorts of craziness. So, um, you know, we just need a haircut, trim it up. So I think my sideburns are still a little, see, I think my left one's a little, so you got to do this. Oh, see I how the left one's that. a little bit longer than the right one? I think you're right. So we're going to have to here and fix that a little bit. All and, right. All right. Uh, well, with a new shave, a new haircut, comes a new season. We play Missouri Baptist in a three-game set starting on Thursday. What are, you, what are your thoughts and expectations? You, you like this team? You like where we're going? Do we, do we know anything about this team? Because I feel like we practiced about for two and a half hours last week. Our team? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I love our team. I love where we're at. I mean, we had a really good GPA in the fall. Um, you know, where we're at, we're focused. We came back ready. Um, you know, pitchers did what they're supposed to do when it came to, when it comes to their off-season workouts. Um, and the reality is, is that I don't have the slightest idea what we're going to get Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> what I do know is that I like the the human beings on our team. I actually love who we are, um, and it feels a lot like the 2014 team from from the humans. Um, they're just really good kids and good people, and you know, they're really looking out for each other. Um, you know, and in the past, we have had some kids that weren't in, as invested. And not to say that they were not invested in, like, us or the teammates, but these kids are invested in the program, in the, in the process. And, um, you know, for me, that's, that's half the battle, or maybe that's all the battle. And I think that that, going back to the first question again, is what it is that we're going to make us tick and how are we going to win? I mean, we're going to win with good people and we'll take care of our business off the field. And, and um, I think that we're in a place to at least, you know, if we go 0-3 or 3-0, it's, it's kind of irrelevant. 
really like to win. <laughs> I really like to win, but you know, I think that the process right now is more important than um, you know having to win three games unconditionally. You know, and just you know th throw guys to the wolves. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna start three good guys, and we're gonna have really good relief coming in place. We're gonna probably keep uh, as much of a constant lineup as we can, and we just we don't have that much depth as we've had in the years past, which is why I think it feels like the 14 team. That 14 team. Yeah. willed themselves to the World Series. And um, I think we have some guys who, who have missed out on that opportunity the last couple of years and aren't really happy about it. And then I think we have some younger players, freshmen, sophomores, and also some junior, coach, junior college transfers that are uh, – that will make – I think the older guys will make sure that they're, uh, they're on board with yeah. what we're trying to do. So – you mentioned like winning. You know me in numbers. Here, here it comes. Did you think we were going to get through a whole podcast without numbers, Coach? Gracious almighty. <laughs> uh, five years of GDC baseball. Do you have any idea what the overall record is? Our overall record? I have no idea. I, I know we're over 200 wins because I got a plaque. There you go. 230 wins and just 79 losses in, in five years. See, it's awesome. But, you know, it's uh, – you know, I don't think that we're ever satisfied with, uh, you know, that. I think that we need to look in. You know, we're going to try to be 0-0 every, every game out there this year. Um, you know, we're going to start 0-0. We're not going to worry about – we're not going to worry about what our overall record is. And, and that stuff is cool, and that gets you hired somewhere else eventually. <laughs> but, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it really means nothing because we've only been to one World Series. We've only won one game in the World Series. And we've been to four opening round regional – tournament championship games and we've only won one of them and so you know what do we need to do to to break over that ledge and um you know you look at who we lost to you know our first year we won second year um i don't remember who beat us oh st thomas. thomas yeah and they ended up finishing second in the country uh next year after that was who lindsey wilson lindsey wilson that's right and lindsey wilson had four five seniors that had been yeah. there for four four years yeah. and so that's kind of the model i mean those guys just willed themselves to win and that i mean that just goes to show that you know burton over there at lindsey wilson and those guys the way that they have their program run is is um you know those guys are invested and want it and then um you know we got beat by the masters who was hot and again you know monty brooks is a, a great coach and um gets those guys ready um so did you know that the, you know this stat that i'm going to tell you Wait, you have numbers for me? I did. I have a number for you, and I just thought about it. Let's hear it. So we were the number one seed in 2014, and we won. Correct. The number two seed was St. Thomas the next year. The number three seed was Lindsey Wilson. The number four seed was uh, the Masters. So whoever comes here this year is the five seed. The odds-on favorite at this year's opening round will be the fifth seed in Lawrenceville. All right, because that's the way it's been. It's going one, two, three, four, and we'll see. Wow, yeah. that is good stuff. I like that. So maybe we'll host and be the five seed. <laughs> I think that's possible. But uh, but definitely, the, the dark horse underdog. We'll have to keep an eye on that storyline throughout the year, Coach. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, uh, you're looking good. We're ready for the season. Thank you so much for doing this. I had a blast. And um, we'll talk to you soon. I got a feeling we're, we're going to be, maybe not the podcast, but we're, you and I are going to talk a lot throughout this season. Well, thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. And, you know, to all those beard lovers out there, you know, grow. Grow, grow, grow. If you've ever been scared to grow it, just go ahead and do it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's worth a month. It's worth the itch. That's the other thing we didn't talk about. You know, and I know free people are done listening at this point in time. <laughs> but I've gone no neck, 
where you where you trim up higher closer to your chin mm -hmm. and then I've gone let the full neck grow I recommend letting the full neck grow for a while and you don't have to touch your face you don't have to touch it and then you can go back and trim later on but like I just I recommend letting it grow see the other problem that I have and we didn't really discuss this earlier is that my hair, my facial hair grows all the way up just below my eye. Oh. Yeah, it's very bizarre. It's, you know, I did that uh, 23 and Me, and I'm part caveman. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so if I could grow all my eyebrows and my, my beard, I could actually connect them if, I, you know, if it was a... Like Chewbacca. Right, crazy. I can't yell like Chewbacca. Coach Chewbacca. Anyway, so, but I recommend letting the, the, the neck hair just go. Just let it go. As you're growing, just let it go, and then you can come back and trim it. Sounds good. Coach, good luck this year. Thanks, man. The one and only Coach Stromdahl. That is excellent stuff right there, Matt. He's the most interesting man in this building, right? You know, well, this is he you know, when you, he when you always, he came up with this format. This was this was that matchup they'd been they'd all been waiting for. <laughs> I, it's it's a little. <laughs> You walk into that dugout sometimes, it's a little bit like uh, the Chocolate Factory, and he's Willy Wonka. <laughs> I mean, you just don't know what's going to come or what's going to happen, but it's it, he obviously has a lot of fun with, with what he does for a living, and very refreshing, just the perspective that he has on a lot of stuff, and certainly really neat to hear him talk about just the, just the season. So, w outstanding right there. Good he, stuff. He's the most interesting man in this building. He doesn't always shave, but when he does... He, he uses Barbersol. <laughs> he does it on the GDN podcast too. That's good it's stuff. True. So, how, so I, I, maybe I just missed it. But how long had that been going? That beard? The beard? Um, how, how much did yeah, we shave off? Like there? October, October, like three months worth. Yeah. yeah. You guys got the the scoop right there. Mm -hmm. We you, did. You, Nobody else has that story. No one. <laughs> Nobody's covering. That's Brad's hard to do beard. twice. No. To shave that off the next day. Correct. That was that was well done. Uh, that is funny. So quick story. So yeah. Uh, my dad's has my dad has twin identical like not look sort of alike like brothers identical twin brothers. They live out west. They live out kind of near the neck of the woods. We're hoping to go in uh, in the okay. spring with baseball team out in Seattle there. And so growing up, so you know we don't see them a ton because they're out the west coast and you know we're up in, in northeast. But one had nice full beard. And the other, clean-shaven, which was really, for the first 15, 20 years of my life, the only chance I had to tell them apart. Convenient. In the last 10, 12 years, now they're both, they're, now they're both shaved, you know, clean-shaven. So uh, that beard was, it was yeah, as, he's, as he was shaving it off and going through that, that was just reminding me of, uh, you know, my, my family. But um, you, now I think, now we're, you know, we can successfully, my wife still kind of has some trouble when we get to family reunions and things like that. It's, it's oh. pretty good. I'll show you some pictures, okay. but, but they, they like to play jokes on folks and everything. But, yeah. um, you know, he's, he was appealing there to the beard community, wasn't yeah. he? He was the beard brotherhood. Yeah. And I, I had no idea that there is that bearded brotherhood that he was <laughs> referring to because I just thought people that had beard was just showing off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For like, I like being clean shaven, and that's my choice. Not by that I have. I'm forced to always be shaved because it just comes in in patches. It's we not like really to good. go with the Yankees, you yeah, know, correct. clean shaven, right? Exactly, yeah, around exactly. here in the office. Yeah, but I didn't realize that there was there was an unspoken camaraderie <laughs> in that bearded community. I think he's tapped into it. Yeah. I think he's the 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 uh, El Presidente. It sounds like, <laughs> uh, but I hope they I hope they will still have him after after what you made him do there and and shave it off. But do I can I break it to him? They went three and zero. Oh. 
Can I break it to him that they that they that they swept the series? I mean, you know, and just listening to the podcast, he didn't know. Oh, that. that's true. That's he, true. He, he they got off to a great start. I'll have to yeah. let him know. Yeah, um, check out the the Grizzly Digital Network. We had highlights and Grizzly today. You can check it all out. But yes, Grizzly swept Missouri. What'd Baptist. you learn um, from Coach Stromdahl that you didn't already know? I was fascinated with that thought process of. I'm done playing a sport that I love, mm-hmm. and now I have to go to the next step of my life. And for him, for whatever reason, didn't want to let baseball go, and I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think fans understand the struggles that new coaches go through, not first-time head coaches, but just those guys that are 22, 23, 24 years old, fresh out of college, they're going to have to take volunteer positions. Folks, volunteers mm-hmm. don't get paid. Like he said, he's telling the story that he was lucky enough to run the RV yeah, lot. Did at, parking some cars and things. Parking yeah. some, parking RVs at Marshall during football season, mm-hmm. and that's how he got paid. That's how he paid his bills versus other kids that graduate college may get into thirty or $40,000 jobs nine to five, you know, Monday through Friday, there, right? and he didn't want to do that. And 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 that's that's a cognitive decision that is very, very tough to do. Obviously, it's paid out for him today, later on in life, with the family and being our head coach here at GGC. But I'm always fascinated with, with coaches getting out of the sport they love and they've known and it's paid for college maybe and opened up some doors and had some great friends and met some awesome people. So, yeah, I'm always fascinated with coaches having to make that decision of getting into the profession and how they do it. You can tell that it's a passion that carries you because from that time and through, you know, obviously through your career and, and uh, to be able to, to lead a program like this now and, and have a vision for the program. And it's really neat to hear some of the comparisons that he makes to the team from 2014 in, in the team that he has now um, and has they have assembled and they have worked to, to bring here. I think it's uh, it's it's just really neat to hear the yeah. way they talk about the human being and about the you know the student athlete and the type of person that they want to have in the program. That um, it, it just makes it a joy to root for the team and to to be around them, and we're fortunate enough to to be able to do that. Absolutely, those Grizzlies will be back in action this weekend. They're traveling to Babson Park, Florida, taking their twelfth ranking with them for a three-game series against number twenty-five Weber International. And Ned, if you recall. Hmm. It was the Grizzlies that eliminated the Warriors at last year's NAI opening round, Lawrenceville bracket, right here. And more specifically, Grizzlies were actually trailing 6-2 to two going into the eighth inning of that game. So it was our season that was on the line. We'd rallied for a bunch of runs, eliminated the Warriors, sent them back home. So this is. So uh, are they going to be ready for us this yeah, week, you think, think, Matt? I think they're going to have a little chance. And, of course, we sweep Missouri Baptist. We're, mm-hmm. we're not going to sneak into Mer- Baptist Park, Florida. They're, yeah. they're going to know we're coming. And I think uh, I think it'll be another good quality series for the Grizzlies. Well, I think Coach would tell you, too, that they learned so much about their teams, you know, in these early road trips. It's one yep. thing to be here and be playing at home. But yep. when you get on the road and you get on a bus for a while and you're, you know, staying in a hotel and you're just that camaraderie that you keep building, that's important for, for those teams in the early part of the season. Can't wait to see how they do. And, uh, and then, of course, have them. Have him back here soon after that, but just really excited for the for the season ahead and for just that you know getting to to be up there at our, our event on Saturday with a lot of the families and Grizzly Club folks and, and raising funds to support the program. Um, just the excitement with the team and a lot of those same kind of things that that Coach referenced that's carrying over into how everyone is looking at the season and, and just excited to get it going and, and, and learn how to. You, it's a it's a fascinating you know Coach touched on it you build your team for a year mm-hmm. and you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen right. until you step out on the field. You you can prepare for all these different things, but that's a 
a unique thing, I think, in, in coaching and in the world of sports that at the end of the day, you're going to show up with what you've got right. and you roll it out there and y- you just don't know. And yep. in the first series, um, able to, you know, fight and, and claw and get a few wins, but pretty neat. That series versus Weber International begin on Friday at 4 o'clock, and our friends down there for Weber International are broadcasting all three games, so we'll have those links on our website, Grizzly fans. Be sure to invade their broadcast like mm-hmm. you do ours. Uh, let us know. Let, let them know that we have a presence there online, and we look forward to seeing the Grizzlies in action this weekend. More Grizzlies in action. It's the season opener for Chase Hodges and company. Both GGC men's and women's tennis will begin their season also on the road at USC Aiken on Thursday. NCAA two NCAA Division two opponent there to start the season with a fifty six no excuse me fifty seven match winning streak and a thirty seven match Amazing. winning streak on the line there for the Grizzlies. Amazing, keep it rolling. We we can't wait to see our, our tennis Grizzlies in action, and it really is pursuit of excellence and, and chasing, I guess five and six years and and uh, in, in five straight um, or four and five years I guess for the for the women. But you know it's. It's just remarkable, and and each year is as you know you like to borrow for independent of the previous, right? Sure. So, you're you're building a new team, and you're out there, and everybody's gunning for you. There's no hiding when you've won four straight national championships, right? So Dale hinted to it last week, and I'm, yeah, this okay, is, this is going to take some time for me to explain. So I'm just going to put down the foundation in this week's episode of Beyond the Glory, the longest active winning streak in all of college athletics yeah. regardless of gender regardless of sport regardless of level is gdc men's tennis chase hodges and company at 57 matches in a row without a loss number two is maryland women's lacrosse at 53 their season begins february 11th yes <laughs> number three is gdc women's tennis at 37 match winning streak so well, and you got to keep an eye on those basketball teams, you know, those Correct. UConns of the world that that's, that you turn around and they've got another they're, they're 97 game-winning streak building. So, yeah, yep. you always got to keep an eye on them. So, I'm just, I'm, that's amazing. what I'm going to put out there. Number one is GGC men's tennis. Number two is Maryland women's lacrosse. Number three is GGC women's tennis. I'm just going to put that out there for now, and we'll get we'll, we'll touch on that note later next week. Hmm. Well, the, my trivia is wrecked for the for the you know. It, well, I'm just going to give a shout out to it. I'll give a shout out to the trivia. Okay. Uh, we had exactly a thousand contests coming into this season and and now we're, we're we've wrecked it in a good way but we had exactly a 750 winning percentage through exactly a thousand contests wow. coming into the season so 10 you know they're across now all across all of our sports so wow. a great start let's keep it rolling let's make it 800 by the time we're talking about it again i like uh, it and keep it going all right so that's your trivia that's, and shout yeah outs. and shout out to the grizzly club folks who got involved this past week and let me know if you want to get information on supporting these teams um, we want to have you with us all year. Um, I'll do a real quick brief shout-out to, of course, all the fans that tuned into the Grizzly Digital Network this past weekend, made it a, a record-breaking um, viewership. But I, I want to tell a quick story. There was a dad from Missouri Baptist who was watching his son's team play in all three games. And, I, and I'll say this out there. His son is a pitcher, and he did not get into the game. Mm-hmm. So he watched 20 20- seven innings of baseball online probably eight nine hours of baseball of other people's kids of other people's kids (laughs) right but when he heard us talk about 
using the hashtag GGC Athletics to get on the conversation to let us know where you're from and who uh-huh. you're watching for. He started a Twitter account <laughs> right there on the spot <laughs> on Thursday. So, fans, I, I mean this genuinely and sincerely. If you ever want to get on the conversation, now's the time to do it. Create you a Twitter account. We love to hear from you guys because far more people out there listening watching than want to actually tweet in. So, if you're that person that's kind of like, well, I don't want to be a nuisance, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll just, I'll just. We intru- want to hear what you think. I just want to introduce myself when I come for senior day or for a home. Se- no, no, yeah. no, no. Get on Twitter. Get active. Yeah. We want to hear from you. We want to hear. If your it's story. appropriate, Matt's going to put it out there. Exactly. He, he <laughs> exactly. But I will say this though. G- give me a picture when you start okay. your Twitter account. And there's a little. What is there? A purple egg or something there, Jacob? Uh, whatever that is. Yeah. Whatever that is. Get rid of it's that. It's a telltale a sign of it. <laughs> yeah. Give me a real picture. It's a logo. Your kids. Whatever. I don't care. Just give well, me a picture so we can identify you. That's all. Well, you're going to have to keep in touch with him over three, four years. I want to see Ooh. if this is if this is an account that keeps going. You may have just started, you know, you may have just changed this man's life. So <laughs> keep, keep an eye on that one. From Curacao, wow. too. It wasn't like he was down the road wow. in, in St. Louis. How cool. Different countries. Get so. involved. We love to hear it. Absolutely. Grizzly fans, opposing fans, you know, get involved there. All right, fans, your homework is going to start piling up here. GGC Men's Women's Tennis in Action this weekend. Baseball's on the road. Stay on our website, grizzlyathletics.com. Again, please continue to like, share, retweet this podcast. Uh, give us a review on iTunes, too, as well. Beyond the Glory Podcast. We read all of those. We'd love to hear the feedback. Continue to do so. And so uh, that'll do it here for Ned Colgrove, Matt Mahoney, signing off, saying go Grizzlies. Go Grizzlies.